Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back. Blacktop Smack Talk. Adam here. Man, first and foremost, thank you guys for joining us today. We're back for another episode, a special episode we have right before the All-Star break. Um, got my brothers on the pod with me, man. We got representing the old, when the NBA was actually physical with the jerseys in the background, we got my man Sano. And then we got Mr. Seattle himself, Charlie Hustle. What's going on, fellas? What up, what up? I see I see you with that Willis Reed. You got a Mitch Richmond, Joe Dumars in there. And you guys had all the jerseys in the background. I feel like I had to put some up. <laughs> right? No, I feel I it, see the, Oh, I there's see. A, there's I see. A, yours, the Peyton at, the, the Miami Heat Peyton. No, there's the – Is that the Sonics? No, it's, the Sonics. No, it's, Is that the Sonics? At the Sonics, oh, it, looked, it looked black. Yeah, I see you got that. You got that NBA Jam Zoe Morning Charlotte Hornets in there. <laughs> oh, man. It, the, M- oh, you, you see, you, oh. yep, the, the Mitch Richmond. Yeah, that Tim was, Hart, Tim Hart, Tim Hardaway. Sano doesn't know. He didn't know Mitch Richmond played for the Warriors. That was before he was a Warriors fan. Oh man. <laughs> oh, speaking of, shout out to uh, who I didn't know was a Warrior. We talked about the other day was Mookie Blaylock, right? Bob Sura. Yep. Mookie and Blaylock. What, what, what and Mookie Blaylock was the last guy to get the the triple double? What team was he on? I don't know what I'm asking. Was he a warrior then or was he a hawk? I think he was a hawk. He probably was a hawk, right? Yeah. If he was gonna get 10 steals in a game. Yeah, that was I thought the but I thought the question was, or maybe it's a different question we were talking about, like something he did with the Warriors. That, that was, was like, something that was something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He he was just in the news again because of the TJ McConnell the, triple the double. Steals. Yeah, yeah, the crazy steals, but triple double. There was, yeah, there was something else that Mookie Blaylock did as a warrior that was like, um, that was like you wild. asked the question. You asked yeah. the question, and, and it was like, oh, I never thought this guy was on the Warriors. Right. And it was something like the last warrior to do something, but I I, I can't remember it now. But yeah, also, it was Mookie is, Blaylock. Isn't Mookie in prison or passed away or something? Nah, I think oh, he, I didn't hear about that. He, he I was think he's in prison or something. He has some stuff going on with the vehicular manslaughter i want to say oh is that what it was don't call me on that i'm not sure i think that was the last thing i remember but i don't know the full the full details of it right um man so as you guys know man we've been we've been doing our thing with the interviews and we've been getting pods out uh with you know interviews and then we're doing breakdowns and then you know just talking about stuff in the nba man today's a special one Unfortunately, Bruce isn't here. Uh, he couldn't make it today, but we wanted to do a special one honoring our followers and fans. So we posted on our Instagram uh, to ask us questions. You know, we had like a like a BTST mailbag. So this is what the episode will be. You guys, these are questions. We're going to sit here and answer questions that you guys asked us because, you know, we wanted to involve our fans and our followers. So once again, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, man. So with all that being said, fellas, are you ready? Come on. Get to it. So first, man, our man, Jordan Reinhardt, man. Shout out to my guy, Jordan. Our guy, Jordan. uh, He 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 hit us with some good ones, three off the top of the dome. So first one, how do you guys feel the evolution of AAU style basketball reaching college and NBA hoops. So how do we feel about it? Yeah. How like 
bad like college in the NBA has transitioned to an AAU style, meaning like more tempo, more three. Yeah, I think this goes back. I mean, we've kind of had indirect conversations about this, right? About like how the league, some people say soft uh, compared to like old school, you know, back to the nineties, like the guys behind me, mm-hmm. uh, they used to play. Um, I don't know if that's, I, I mean, I don't want to say that's directly like AAU style, but I think that has a lot to do with it with like the emphasis on offense more so than defense. Obviously the way the game's called affects that too. Like the refs, yeah. you know, the refs play into that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, for me personally, I like watching, I don't like watching soft fouls first of all and i don't like watching zero defense like whether you're rooting for a team or not it's just frustrating to me to see guys go to the hole with no you know not even an attempt to to deny or to get in front or to block the shot or whatever my personal preference is is more that old school style i would say yeah i mean i like a good hard foul but i like seeing scores above 110 you know i don't want to watch the nineties Knicks and Pacers and somebody wins 87, no. 84, 84. That's, that's the other extreme. Even yeah, right. that, <laughs> I don't even think it was in the eighties. I mean, it was probably like 79, 74 or something like that. Right. I mean, obviously, like you said, Santa, like the three point, obviously with, I think there's like NBA guidelines to loosen up the calls, right. Or not loosen up, but you know, they don't, they, they know players know that they'll be, um, they'll be reprimanded if they do hard fouls, you know, a lot more than they were back in the day. So they really just don't do it because you can't, you know, now they get paid so much. You can't afford to miss two games. You, you get right. suspended two games. You miss $300,000, you know, right, like that's right. crazy. Right. But like back in the day, Anthony Mason misses two games. He's out like 50 K like not, not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice to have, but yeah, the threes has just created obviously with the three point emphasis of just analytics, threes better than two. Um, it's created so many more possessions, Longer, th- longer rebounds, more fast breaks, points get higher. Um, so, I mean, and that's, I, and I, and that's I, how I made my basketball career. Right. Three than two. Right. I mean, one thing, you know, like defense, like you watch some of the really old tapes and they're just, there wasn't really much concept of defense in the old, old days. Like you watch those old sixties and stuff and seventies, like they just, they would foul hard, but there, I think now there's actually, there's better, ideologies of defense like team defense and things like that um there might not be as bet like you know one-on-one lockdown because you know you switch and you have help and you do all this other stuff where it's like before you just that's your man you guard the guy across from you so then you got you know then you got rex chapman guarding michael jordan all game with no help right it's like well well, good luck (laughs) you know and i mean yeah and they didn't they didn't i mean this might have happened back then but you don't hear as much or you didn't hear as much back then as you do now about switches like switching on, you yeah. know, where like the offense is purposely, if, if somebody's guarding you, the offense is purposely going, going over a pick to have somebody else switch on to you. So they get the better matchup. They're hunting. But things like that. Yeah, exactly. They're hunting for the better, you know, the better offensive matchup. Yeah. So things like that. I mean, I'm sure they came into play a little bit, but you see that a lot more like emphasized more now these days, right. which probably has a lot to do with that switch to, you know, more of an offensive emphasis and three point emphasis. I think Charlie, you posted something, in our group chat about, or we were, maybe we were talking about it, that like the average three pointers shot well, per you, game. Yeah. You one of, we were, oh, did I, maybe, yeah, maybe I posted it, but we were talking about how it it's literally gotten higher each year. Yeah. Right. And with that comes the, the, the difference in the way that the game is officiated. 
Mm-hmm. So that whole, I think that whole combination probably factors into, I, I think that's what Jordan probably was talking about in his question with like the AAU style, um, all that factoring in. So, I think um, it, you know, I think something he's also talking about is, you know, less, you know, it's less inside, it's more outside inside as opposed to inside outside. Yes. Mm-hmm. The big men are stepping out, you know, big men are being taught at a younger age to step out and shoot the three as opposed to really traditionally being back to the basket. Um, so I think that's that's something that's that's been interesting as as years progress because growing up, we just knew bigs, they were just, you know, back to the basket. Bigs never stepped mm-hmm. out. And growing up, we only saw like guys like Cliff Robinson and Sam Perkins and, and guys like that shooting threes. Big debt, big debt. But he it's wasn't he wasn't he, he wasn't even considered a big man. But I'm talking, no, I'm talking but he was six ten though. I'm he talking was the about original like five. point forward. I'm talking about five. We weren't yeah, seeing fives. Like, we weren't seeing like Rick Smiths or yeah. Patrick Ewing shoot threes. You know what I mean? No way. So I mean, like those old Sonic teams. I remember like thinking like how much of a luxury it was that we had Sam Perkins that, that was a big man that could shoot threes. Dude, right? Man. Like there was like no other teams barely had teams like or, or a center that could do that. Right. So now it's now it's like if you don't have that. I mean, you. I mean, Kemp had a good baseline, Jay. Perkins had the three. Detlef could shoot the three. I right. mean, G- GP was the point guard and was the worst shooter on the floor. I mean, that was right. kind of how it was on a lot of teams. The point guard is the worst shooter on the floor. And now sometimes your point guard's your best shooter in score, you know, whether it's Steph or Dame or all around the league, like Jamal Murray, all these point guards are the three-point shooters, right? right? Yeah. Now we're, we don't have the Mark Jacksons anymore, per se, like that. Right. Jason so Kidds, think- he got better, though. So I think one other thing too is like kind of I coached on a staff when I was at Shoreline and we played pedal to the metal. We we kind of went AAU on steroids and we ran the system, the LMU Loyola Marymount system from the '80s. We adopted that and we actually had Bo Kimball uh, on staff with us and we were scoring 110 points a game. And this was back in 2011 and 12. You know, I mean, Ave, you know, Avery Shearer, our point guard, was averaging 10 assists a game. You know, just boom, 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 just the passes. We shot 30, 33s a game. So we, and the system was predicated on speed and just speeding the game up. But, you know, and Bo said something to us, it's like, man, college basketball is boring. Like, you know, we got to, you know, kind of get, get it to be more lively because, you know, even games, still to this day, some some games are still like 60 to 50. You know, there's, I mean, basketball junkies love that shit, but, you know, other guys are just like, man, I don't want to watch this. Right, right. Defensive battle. So, yeah, appeal to a mass audience. Right. So that's that's something we were kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, Shoreline, shout out, 2011-12 Shoreline team, man. We played seventh in the NWAC tournament. So um, we were kind of ahead of the curve for that. But then um, another one Jordan asked was, do you feel the transfer portal is hurting or helping college basketball? Um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it. Cause there's an argument that, you know, if a coach, if a coach can just leave whenever without having to sit out anything, like why can't a student do it? That's what I right? was going to say. Yeah. You know, so there's that element to it, even though a lot of the times the students do still have to sit out a year, you know, even when they transfer, it's just kind of, this is just kind of give them like a, that free agent, um, aspect to college basketball where I don't know. I mean, 
I, I don't, I don't know if it's like you see a lot in football, I guess too, but I don't know if it's, if it's as widespread um, to at least in my opinion, as it's, it's not like impacting the game as so much yet where it's like been detrimental, I guess, right. to college basketball. You do see cases here and there, but um, I think when we start seeing guys, a lot of that is probably because like a lot of the best players are one and done. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're not going to hear about like a guy, a five-star guy transferring after his freshman year. Cause he's probably going to the draft anyways. Um, I don't, I mean, for, for, for now, I don't think it's hurting anything really. I think it's right. good that for the students should be able to have a choice. You know, if they go somewhere that they feel they realize it's not a good fit, they should have the option to easily, you know, go somewhere else or go closer to home or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think, yeah, I'm, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think it kind of goes both ways. I think, I think a lot of these coaches get paid so much money to sit in the living rooms of these kids and they sit here and fucking lie to them. They literally lie about like, you know, like, all right, you're going to do, you're going to, you're going to start, you're going to get X amount of minutes, you know, and, and some kids get that mentality like, all right, well, I'm entitled because this is what I was promised. And so when it doesn't happen, some, some guys don't want to challenge and grind, you know, and, and get, you know, use that next year to just like, all right, well, I'm going to get my spot, you know, other guys will just, you know, and, and they're obviously circumstances and situations, but I think some guys, you know, they, they fall victim of playing at a big school that happens a lot. Uh, coaches are fucking crooks. A lot of them are, well, you know, they sit here and lie just for the, you know, just to get, try to get the best players. And then, you know, on the flip side, some kids are just not mentally tough enough to, to just grind it out and just try to get to where you want to be. So I can see both, both sides of the equation, why it helps, you know, some kids of various circumstances, other guys, sometimes kids get homesick. They're not happy, you know, and, we have to take into consideration these are 18 to 22 year olds. You know, we weren't making, sometimes we weren't making the best choices if we were on our own and we would be homesick or, and, and things of that nature. So, but then I understand why, what did I say? It hurts, but then it, it, it helps the kids. Like I help, see that and I see why it hurts because there's just so, so many guys are just, yeah. I think that has to do with the coaches too, because their coaches are just, they're not being a hundred and they're not being upfront and honest with the students. So with the student athletes. So I can, it just goes, I can see both sides of the equation. Like you said, how coaches can be crooks, which is true. And cause it's really, they're, they're crooks cause they're all about the money. They want to get as many recruits as they can to make their team look as good as it can be so they can get the better contract. Right. Where the, where the players run the whole system, right. They're the one that makes the system go right. and they should have the right. I mean, you shouldn't be able to just transfer every year. Right. But obviously during this current era of COVID, you know, there's all different kinds of reasons people are transferring. So we're not necessarily commenting on those transfers, um, but I think in general, yeah, you should, especially when your coach that you signed up to play for leaves, right. People like to look at it as, Oh, they're not, they're quitting. They're not, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, committed yeah. to it. And, and when the going gets tough, they get, they get out instead of getting tough with it. But it's like, man, it's only fair. Like you signed up to play with this coach, this coach leaves a new coach has a whole new system. You would have never even entertained the thought of playing for this coach. And that so, happens a lot too. Yeah. So you should be, even if it's maybe two years after. So you kind of like, Oh, he's, you know, he's that guy's guy now. Right. He's that new coach's guy, but it's like, no, nah, man, I didn't even want to play here. You know? 
So that can happen a lot too. I, I don't think it's really hurt the system too much yet. Um, I mean, if anything, you know, players sit out and then they get to play a fifth year. So they're even better college players at that point, but they're not with that same program developing and learning within the program they started at. But I don't think that's necessarily mm -hmm. uh, a bad thing right. for the kids. I mean, the kid, like I said, the kids run the, they run the program. I mean, the kids run the NCAA, right? They're the product. So they should be able to have more, more say in, in their future and control of what right. they need. Yeah. Um, so Jordan, this is la Jordan's last question. Should America adopt the sports academy model that European countries have instead of high school and prep schools? So that would be what, just like no college and stuff at all. And you just pretty much in the program, like a feeder program to the professional league. It's, like, it's like a trade, like a, like a trade school, but for sports, right? Like mm. they just go, they just go and specialize, you know, like, though, like you hear about, you hear about this with like, uh, international, like soccer, Oh, you know, they'll, they'll go to like, like, like Barcelona, like they'll go to a Barcelona Academy when they're like 12, you know, and they'll go to these camps and develop and they'll stay in the system. And then when they're able, they play for the, you know, the under 18 team or under 16 team or whatever yeah. it is. And then they go to, they, when they get up to the, 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 the top league, they'll be promoted to, you know, the active roster to the actual, right. you know, right. what do you want to call it? Quote unquote varsity team. Similar to tennis too. I mean, that's an individual sport, but tennis, there's a lot of kids grow, growing up, they go to tennis academies, like in Florida or wherever, wherever there's warm weather and they just continue to, to do their stuff there. And it's primarily just tennis. I don't think right. there's that much academics involved. Um, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, we were talking about the AAU thing. And a lot of AAU teaches individual skills as opposed to team skills. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, I mean, obviously it's not the exact same, but there's a, there's a piece of that where it's like you, you're pretty much with this AAU program from the time you're 12 until you go off to college. Right. And I mean, if you enjoy that program and then they teach you a lot of your own individual skills that you carry on, I mean, it's different, but um, that's all another you know, aspect of also the AAU. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be good to have, like, it, it, it kind of depends on, on how it's implemented, but right. like for guys, for guys, like, you know, these guys that play for the Ignite G League team, right? Like something like that, if they, had, if they had been in a program all the way up, um, there, there would be never this question of like, should they go to college for one year yeah. and, you know, waste time in a class that they're not going to finish, at least at the time they might come back later and finish, but they know they're going to the NBA. Right. But then there's this other group of, of kids that they might go to this academy and then never make it to the NBA or never make it overseas. And they could end up what? Then they got to go get a regular job and they don't have a college education. So. Yeah, I, go, finish, go ahead and say it on my bed. No, that's all I was going to say. Oh, just, I think okay. it just kind of depends on how it's implemented, you know, like how people are accepted or, or what types of players enter or things like that. So there's a lot of details that need to be worked out, but I do think, uh, it'd be a good idea for a certain group of kids. I mean, who would own it? Would the, would the NBA players own these? They're individual or they'd be separate probably, right? Yeah, I would assume I would assume so. But uh, I think, you know, kind of dating back to when we interviewed uh, Dr. Trevor and Ant, you know, it was like, you know, not everyone's going to get to the next level, whether it's overseas or, you know, pro NBA or whatnot. So it's like, well, what, you know, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. So, you know, you say we, there's an academy, but there's no, is there, will there be academics involved in that? Because 
like we we our, one of our episodes was called what happened you know when the ball stops bouncing you know what i'm saying we i, I look at it as like okay when you're 18 then yeah you can do whatever you want like you should be able to go to the league if you if you want but having that at least that high school like that education i mean i think it's kind of crucial like i said I, i'm kind of indifferent on i'm 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 just fucking stuck in between just because I see both sides. You know, I, I would preach the education aspect, but developing and, and really, you know, developing those skills and really just learning the game and and really learning the fundamentals, I think is crucial also. But, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of indifferent with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess there's uh, oh, go ahead, Charlie. I was going to say the whole education thing. I mean, most of these star players, yeah, they go to school, but they're not really going they're not i mean if you're the one and done you only got to get one pass really one quarter's grade check and you're good for the year right so it's not like those guys are really going to school anyways i mean they would still be going to high school though but that's what i'm saying right. if they're if he's talking about high school yeah high school so and then what happens to the guys who go say they go pro and their careers cut short then what happens then you know what i'm right. saying what are we teaching them there or you know so did luke they're hella guys in the who've washed out in two years in the league you know what i'm saying did luke so that whole time luca was playing for wh- wherever he was playing was he going to school so like what's what's luca's education you know yeah so i'm, I'm not i'm you know i'm just curious like did, was he in school at all i mean i'm sure he was still attending he school must have, when he must have been going to school yeah i mean i think i'm not 100 sure on this i think it works out like you're you, you know start, they start going to these they send these kids to these academies pretty young Right. So where we'd be playing rec league or AAU, they'd be going to these academies and developing. And, and by the time they get to the age of like high school age, like 16, you know, 17, they know that you, you can kind of tell what the future is going to be. Right. Does this kid have enough to make it or do they not? Yeah, yeah, true. And then at that point, they can either decide, OK, well, I want to go to university or college or if they think they have a shot at playing pro, like they keep it going. Right. Um, but, but I don't think it, it can't. At least in the states, I don't think it, there's a way that it could replace like an actual education. It'd have to be in tandem with it, I think. Right. Okay. Um. So next one we got from we actually got from Dr. Trevor. Man, shout out to Dr. Trevor. Uh, man, this is a tough one. So we can each give some guys. So he said, "Who are your top ten underrated players from Seattle?" That's kind of underrated. Can I count myself? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No, I'm just joking. But, I mean, you know what we're going to go with, first and foremost. Seamus Boxley, right? Yeah, Seamus Boxley's one. I mean, but who's he? You know, then it's like, who's he underrated by? Like, a lot of the Hoopers in the town know Seamus is real, but he's just not. Well, this this isn't – we're not asking anybody else. He asked us. This is our – Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This is our podcast. So, he's not underrated by by us by any means, you know? But I mean, it's like who do we feel as though is underrated? Yeah, yeah. he's. I feel like he's probably the most underrated. Sheamus, yeah. he was a monster. Sheamus, uh, Marcus Williams, Marcus, yep, Marcus Williams was one. Brian Morrison. So, so was my. I was. I was going to say Brian Morrison, but for Brian Marcus Morrison. Williams. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say so. Well, he was. I mean, a, I'm he was a monster. I'm surprised he wasn't a McDonald's All American. He was a monster. I mean, we'll, all the guests that we've had have all been underrated to a, to a degree. 
you know, from we've had Robert Franks, DJ Fenner, Tucker Heyman, Isaiah Umapig, Avery Shear, Alfie Miller, man, all those guys. Uh, my guy, Tom Foster, Torrance Baker, man. And then we've got, well, CJ Ellaby, he's got his flowers. Trey Simmons. Well, shit, Mike, even, even Terry Thompson. TT, Micah Downs, uh, Alvin Snow. All those guys are considered, you know, they're not, they weren't the big, big names. They weren't the Jamals or the B-Roys or the Nates. So those guys all stand out. Um, I mean, a guy, I don't know if I'd necessarily put him like on the list of like as good as all those other guys, but for what he did in high school, people always laugh. But if you saw him play, I mean, he did work was, man, Brett Kingma, man. I was, so I was going <laughs> to that's still one of the greatest, like the, the game. I think, I don't know if I went with you, Charlie, the one I mean, up north. I, I watched him a lot. Yeah. Mariner, I think Mariner high school, or maybe it was at Jackson, one of those high yep. schools, but that was one of the greatest shooting performances I've seen from in a high school game at yeah, all. It, period. I mean, he took that Jackson team to, they beat federal way. Right. Yeah. And federal yeah. way was full court. They were pressing. They were, they had athletes. They, they had squat. Yeah. Um, and then, and they beat them. And I don't remember if they lost in the, was it the, the finals, the state championship, or was the semis? But, I mean, Kingma was – I mean, from his sophomore, junior, senior year, he was killing, right? Like, his mm -hmm. sophomore year, I started going to his games because I had a buddy that knew him from L.A. Fitness. I was like, you got to check this dude out. And he was just, you know, like Steph and Dame, right? Before that, really, though. I mean, like, before they were made it popular in the NBA, he was doing that, pulling from anywhere as a 15-year-old. Right. Like, damn. Like I said, he's not better than a lot of the other names. Like one on one, he, you're not gonna just say he's you know gonna play against those dudes. But he killed in high school, you know. You know, and we had you know forgot to we forgot our you know Dr. Trevor man. High school was whew. Trevor high school was nasty, and I yeah. I, stand, I stand by that. You know, and Aunt Aunt was a late bloomer, but he was filthy too. Mm -hmm. Who else? What other guests did we had? We had Suki, there was a um, Suki Wiggs, oh, one of my guys. He was underrated. All of our guests, Siva to a degree is underrated. Mm -hmm. You know, but he got that he got that national title, and then he started getting some love, yeah. right? You know, but yeah, um, there's a, do you guys remember? Um, do you guys remember a guy named Maurice Murphy he played for O'Day? Yep. yep. His kids go to my I school. Thought, I talked to him. All okay. The time. Yeah. He, so he played for he played for Seattle Style, and I always thought he was. I mean, he played for Columbia, so he went D one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I always thought he was super underrated. You never really heard about him locally at the time. He might've been overshadowed by a couple of players so, at, over, at O'Day, but. Oh, you know, we got to say the, one of the most underrated players, man. And uh, a Nell Butler, Nell oh, Butler. So I was going to say Nell Butler and, and um, uh, what was his name? Nick Levy. Nick Levy. Yep. Nick Levy had some of the best handles I've ever seen in in game and just like street ball game. But but um well, if we shout out now, man, we got we gotta get Ray Love too. Shout out to Ray. I mean, they were both first team right ballers. But yeah, Nell Nell might actually be one of the and because he's moved away, he lives in Phoenix now, you know, and um he was uh you know, his game was it was it was different, right? It was just like magic. So you know, he didn't get the big college offers, right? Because he wasn't the fastest guy, but right. he could he could have played D1 for sure, bro. Right. I know we had we had to shout out, man, our guest in Vegas, BJ Blake. Mm. You know, he, mm. he was kind of under the radar. But now yeah, he's, he is. He's doing real well in uh, Turkey. He's in Turkey doing his thing. And we get we have um, – you guys were on the pod with me, but we had Jamie 
Orme Malonzo, who's about to be the number one pick mm. in the PBA draft in the Philippines, or he's slated to, he's projected, but he's like top three, but I say he's number one. So, right. You know, we just, we're just getting, we're getting underrated cats on BTST, man. So I'm, some of our guests, Adam said the Sandrin brothers, right? Yep. Danny and Eric Sandrin. Those yeah. guys were monsters too. They went to Shorecrest, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys, and they, they've been overseas legends for years. You know what I'm saying? Having their own advertisements and billboards and stuff, right? They're doing it. Yeah, definitely. So that's a tough question. I mean, there's probably names that we like, I'm a huge, like, like Marcellus Kemp was one of my favorites and I thought mm. he didn't get, like he was a monster and I didn't think he was getting love like that, but you know, he, I thought he was filthy. Another one I want to say, Adam, your, your grade was a uh, Lee Nearing. Lee Nearing from Ingram, man. He got buckets, man. Obviously, there's a lot of Ingram guys, right, right. From, from Terry and Lamar, but um, Lee Nearing was was pretty cold for 2 Man, so moving on. So kind of that realm. Now uh, one of my former players, Dolan, you know, shout out to Dolan. Uh, Dolan Tierney, who's doing good big things with his brand, The Look Within, uh, he asked me, or he asked us, who is the best shooter to come out of the state of Washington? Which that's another loaded question because there's so many. Um, so why don't you guys? Why I, I instead of just saying who's the best, why don't you just we just throw out some names who who have been good? I mean, y'all, y'all. I mean, when I say when you say shooter, the first name that comes to mind we got it's Kingma. I mean, first, I, I first name that, first name that always comes to mind for me is is honestly is Trey Simmons. Yeah, Simmons. Yeah, just because, right. just because uh, of what he what he did as a husky. So then you'd have to throw an Appleby, right? Because Appleby. Of, Morrison. I mean, Garrison Carr. Carr is nasty, right? You know, uh, Black Smiley. Mm. See, I, the best shooters I've personally played with would be Terry and Mark McGee, the machine, former NWAC first team, way back in the day, Mark McGee. But he didn't right. play high school here. But um, I mean, you know, I'm I mean, gonna, I mean, know, I'm there's, there's. Jamal Crawford always, yeah. You know, you got to say you got to throw him in there too. You know, Lod Lod was up there, one of the better shooters. Well, Lod ended up being USC's all-time leading three-point shooter when he mm-hmm. when he when he finished his career. Lod, you know, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna say the bro Alfie Miller. You got yeah, Alfie, Alfie, Jordan Reinhardt. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, my God. Um, Gasson, Gasson Kader. <laughs> he was pretty cool. I should have been on the underrated list too. Nah, no, I'm you're just kidding. Overrated. <laughs> I was overrated. You were you were considered an impact newcomer according to the Seattle Times. Um, I kept the bench pretty warm. God, yeah. I mean, shit. Even in high school, I mean, Levine could Levine could stroke it in high school. He was pulling from all yeah. over. Yeah. Um, man, then uh, guys like Marcus Eccles, uh, Corey K- Corey Kispert, Kispert, Joe Harris. Right, uh, Jamal Miller. Uh, damn, man, we've had some good ones. Obviously, like Kemp, Marcellus Kemp's another one. Uh, I, I'm, I'm drawing blanks, man. Michael Porter. I don't count him. Well, <laughs> on that famous 05 AAU team with Brockman and Spencer and Mitch. Martell. Martell was one. There you Ryan, go. Ryan Stoddicker was another. Martell. Yeah, I mean. He, Lottery pick coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, man, that's crazy. 
And then, all right, so moving on, Dolan had another one for us talking about who are the most influential players to play in the Metro League? Jamal and Doug. Inf- influential? Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah, tough the, Those would probably be the first two yeah, that come Jamal, to my mind. Jamal Crawford and Doug Rand for sure. Doug and then, probably before Jamal for me. Because I saw Doug play before I saw Jamal play when I was a kid. I think I was in seventh grade. And I was like, man, this guy fucking looks like an NBA player. Yeah. Um, I never got to see him, but yeah, like obviously Jason Terry, Michael Dickerson. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear stories about Wait, how good Dicker- Dickerson is in Metro. Well, no, yeah, 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 my bad, That's Dickerson. I was, did. yeah, but but Terry, I just started thinking about that era. No, I mean we're talking like influential, yeah. like in Metro. Obviously, Nate. No, the tw- Nate and the Twins. The Twins were. Mm-hmm. That was that was a crazy time. Randy Green was a really good shooter too. Yep. For beat, for you could throw Brandon Roy in there. Brandon, yeah, Brandon. I guess he wasn't. Was he? Did he play? Was that Metro technically? Uh, they were or were they still at, in Kinko? at that time, I think they might have been Kinko. Yeah, they yeah. were Kinko. Um, I mean, was was Siva in Metro at that time, or was he still in Kinko? I don't know where Frank last was year. Time. His last year, he was in. Um, God, most influential. I mean, a needle. The needle. Spencer Haas. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, yeah. I mean, because like you know, you look at you look at what Beat Rainer Beach has been since Jamal went there. I mean, they've got like since twenty years since he's been there, and they've won like eight or ten titles. So I mean, he literally changed the brand of Rainer Beach altogether, right? I think for our for our like generation growing up, you got to say Jamal Crawford, like for what he's done, just as far as like influence goes throughout the city for basketball. I think he's probably had the I mean, most. It's like. You know, you, it's like Doug and Jamal were kind of like the bird and magic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They like, there's other guys that came later, you know, like Jordan obviously came later and then changed the NBA to the next level. But those two guys really, I mean, there was obviously killers way before that Lavelle Brown, a bunch of dudes old school, right. Um, that we can't necessarily like necessarily to speak of, but those two really just put us on a national stage, you know, right. Michigan mm-hmm. and Yukon. Like Doug Christie was filthy, right? But I mean, it was Pepperdine. I mean, Michigan and UConn. Like, come on, bro, that's crazy. At that time, Jason Terry, obviously Arizona, but and then Jamal goes and plays what eighteen games for Michigan, and then he's the eighth pick in the draft, the first guard in the world taken. Like, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Like, that's wild, you know. Um. All right, here's another good one. The last one from Dolan. Um, he says, "What's the best game you ever saw in the Tacoma Dome?" Should I went to a Sonic? I went to a, I went to a I was couple Sonic a games. Sonic game. I was uh, going to say Sonics. Damn. Sonic. I want to say I think I think I uh man I don't know Nathan Hale winning the when Nathan Hale winning the state championship. That was that was kind of that was kind of crazy. Yeah. We were um, there. That was that was kind of nuts. That that West Seattle Garfield game that year was really. I'm not saying it was the best, but when Jalen Noel hit the buzzer beater. Um, over Nate Pryor and that and the whole West Seattle gang. Um, that was a crazy game. Um, but the best game I've ever seen at State, man. Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> That's really hard. But some of those beach teams when they played like Mark Bigelow, when they played Olympia or Mount Vernon, playing against Mount Vernon, those guys were good. Um, Mercer Island was, man, they had, I think there was a beach Mercer Island game 
mm-hmm. at the Tacoma Dome with Elliot Prosse for Elliot Prosse. Yeah, Freeman, he was filthy. Uh, Josh, who was Josh? Josh name? Fisher. Josh Fisher. Yeah, they had squad. That, go, that going a, to, I think that was a U. Was that a U Dub? Oh, maybe it was U Dub or SPU. But I remember one game was wild. God, best game. Oh, what about when Isaiah Thomas had whatever he had, like fifty? Yeah, uh, I think that was, I was there. For, I think that was on our guys from Mount Lake Terrace. I was there for that game. Um, I think I was intoxicated, but I was there for that game. You went to a high school game intoxicated? I was with Travis, and, you know, he gave me a cookie. (laughs) He gave me a little cookie. (laughs) Uh, God, the best game I've ever seen at Tacoma Dome. Man, I remember – yeah, I mean, I don't know. You got one, Adam? Like one specific one? I mean, it's it's hard for me to think, but that you know that Michael Porter versus um, Garfield. That, that I mean, we were all there. There was a huge ass crowd. The game in itself, it was kind of like you know Nathan Hale had control the whole game, but that game was. I was like we were talking. There's a lot of hype around that game too. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. Garfield, well, because Garfield had horses, man. Hale played. Hale played uh, Lincoln, and Lincoln was undefeated the game before. And they were both undefeated, and that was a big game because I was covering that game. That was wild. Um, kind of, you know, I did see a lot of good guard. You know, man, I think I was at the Garfield Foss game at the Tacoma Dome when they lost to Mark Axton, mm. and that was a big upset. Um, because I used to go to the three A and the four A, and I think I remember going to that. And what? And they lost. I couldn't believe it to Solomon Wyatt in uh, in uh, in Mark Axon who went to Eastern. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. That game would be up there for me, but it was so long ago; it's hard to remember. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, now we got another one from one of you know one of our followers, Skyler Kelly, one of my former players. Um, he asked, "Who is the best college basketball player you've seen live?" Oof. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Live. I mean, Brandon Roy. I was gonna I was say gonna Brandon. Brandon. B Roy was just special, and we said we watched him. I mean, I'm, like it's, especially like his. Man, I I seen it from his, his all four years. Yeah, I would probably say Brandon. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm trying to think like some of the some of the teams we saw them play, like like Diago. <laughs> I, I, hey, he was a good college basketball player. I, mean, I think he was like MVP. I think he was Pac-10 right. player of the year. One, Jerome, um, your boy Jerome Randall. Jerome Randall. Uh, no, we saw we saw Harden play. Oh, Harden. State. I, I was yeah, I was a big Harden fan. I never thought he'd be this good. Yeah. I liked I liked Harden and Budinger. Um, I mean Kevin Love. Kevin Love. We you know we Kevin I never Love saw, was good. Um, I you know I mean I'm sure we saw Russ. Right, but I don't remember walking away like Russ is like amazing. Right, like as far as college performances goes, I don't think he'd probably. Yeah. Obviously, he's a superstar in the NBA, but. I mean, um, oh, you know, you know who I did see live, Salim Stoudemire. Mm. And yeah, I remember he put it on us one well, game as the best college basketball player you've ever seen live. I mean, I probably would still go Brandon. Oh, you know what else I might have to go? He might have been better at college than Brandon. It was tough. Adam Morrison. That Gonzaga UW game where Morrison and 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 Roy went back and forth 
was probably one of the best college games I've ever seen. The one at Heckhead. I mean, it's crazy because like when I, when you this, think about other teams' players, you just have like one game. But when you think of Brandon, you have like his whole career. Right. Um, but like Adam Morrison was a hell of a college player, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was. And he came I mean, and he took. He came and, he came and took our cookies in our house. Right. He beat us here at UW. He did. I thought they he win, did. I thought you won that game. I think oh, you won that game. I thought he won a game here. At least the the game I'm thinking about. Maybe uh, I have to go back. And senior, look. senior year, or Brandon got it. Senior year, they won. Or you oh. won. Okay. Um, but I mean, we saw a couple of those Duke teams at uh, Madison Square Garden. I'm oh, trying to think. That was. But awesome. they didn't really have. That was awesome. Was Rivers, Austin Rivers and, year and like Dockery was Dockery on that team. Mason Plumley. Plumley. Yo- Yogi Ferrell. Yogi Ferrell at India. We saw him play too. You saw uh, Jay. You saw Jay Crowder. Oh man. And who else uh, was it? It was Jay Crowder and uh, it was wasn't it Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. No, I don't think Jimmy was on the team yet. It was it was uh, Darius Johnson Odom. Oh, DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I I got to see uh, uh, Mikhail Bridges, Villanova, Eric Pascal. Oh. They played Seton Hall. God, I'm trying to think. I mean, we've seen some really good Arizona players over the years. Yeah, Arizona, Arizona, UCLA, uh, Oregon. I'm trying to think if Oregon's had anybody that we've I mean, seen. I saw Aaron Gordon in person. I thought he was special in college, but damn. Um, you know, when I, when I when I saw Jalen Brown up close and personal in a game, I thought he was exceptional. I thought he was really good, but uh, he's not the best. That's really hard to say. That's tough. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, we're going to be biased because we saw a lot of Brandon Roy here. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll say too. Nate. Nate was special. Nate. Uh, that Nate. dunk. That, that dunk that he had against Arizona off the lob. You know the one that uh, Ant was talking about. Mm-hmm. One of the I, for a college basketball atmosphere. Never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. That, it was insane. I remember the exact play he was talking about too. So Nate. Nate was special in college too. But yeah, overall, I'll say Brandon. Um. All right, now we got one from we brought his name up a bunch of times, Alfie Miller. Uh, he had a couple ones for us. He said, "Oh, this is a good one. Who do you who do y'all think is the best player in the world not in the NBA?" Oh God, that's really tough. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's um one of the guys from the Ignite. <laughs> I was gonna say somebody not in the NBA yet. I mean, I mean, someone like Cunningham, right? Who's like supposed to be first pick, or those guys from Ignite? I think he's. I'm, I think he's thinking overseas. I don't think yeah. he's college. Uh, I mean, if I was to guess, I would probably say Mike James. He plays at hmm. Siska in a Russia for Euroleague. Uh, Mirotic plays at Barcelona. Nikola Mirotic, former NBA player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Fernandez. I mean, no, he's not really doing his, doing much over there now. I mean, uh, yeah, I would probably say those are those two that stick out in my mind. Uh, but there's there's probably some tough. Fi- isn't there some filthy American that's probably just killing it somewhere? Yeah, I mean, Mike I James. Just, I see. Oh, Mike James. Yeah, Mike James. Like that. He's- How old's Mike James? Thirty five. I feel like he's been around forever. Nah, he's probably like late twenties. Like, is Anthony Randolph still playing over there? Or is he at Real Madrid? 
Yeah, but I mean, this but in Euroleague, it's not like the NBA. These guys are only scoring. Some guys are only scoring like twelve points a game. Like Anthony Randolph, I don't even think. Well, he hurt, he got hurt, but some of these guys don't even average like double figures. Oh, my! Like twenty points a game is like leading Euroleague, and that's that's a lot. Considered because like the game is so much different. There's more. There's more like it's completely different. I'd be watching it all the time. So that's yeah. Those are two guys that I would say. Wait, are you talking about the light skin Mike James? Yeah, I was thinking of that bald, the bald guy used to be in the NBA, Mike James. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not talking about him. You know, Mike oh. James. He he played at. Um, but he did play in the NBA for a little bit, though, didn't he? He was on Phoenix, and then the and then the Pelicans. Mm. Yeah, I don't really know much about him. He's from like. Didn't he play in the Jamal one year? Yeah, no. He, with with Sheamus, I don't. I think he was on a different team. But I thought they picked him up, and and I was like, damn, this guy's killing. Um. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what I would say. Um. Next one is uh, who do you think are the top three candidates for Coach of the Year in the NBA? Snyder. Oh man. Our, yeah, Snyder, Tibbs, Tom Snyder, S- Snyder, Tibbs, and Doc, maybe. Uh Monty Williams. Monty. I was gonna say Monty Williams. Yep. Phoenix. Um especially if they're in the two seed. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would be my three. I'd probably give it I'd right now I'd probably give it to Thibodeau. Over Quince, over the Jazz, over, huh? Over the Jazz, Quinn Snyder second. And then probably Monty Williams third. Yeah, that's a good point because New York was slated to be one of the worst teams in the NBA, and they're currently fourth. In yeah, the, right now they, I think they have home court. Right, they have fourth. East. I think yeah, they have home court fourth. right now. If they. And we like the Jazz. They're supposed to be top five, or you know, I like them a little bit more than you guys did. You guys like Denver a little bit more, so they're kind of right in that four. But to five. be to, to be number one is pretty impressive. Well, yeah. Are they still number one? Yeah, they're still number one, right? Yeah, they've lost some mm-hmm. games recently, but they're still number one by a couple. And, games. and their record—I think I saw something. Their record is twelve and five against like other good teams. Um, and they've been blowing them out too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, like the Sixers—they're doing their thing, right? They've been—they've been, they've been kind of unsexy because the last couple of years they haven't really met the mark, and they're back, right? Trying to lead the East. Yeah, I mean. We probably, I'd probably go Snyder first, but I could see Tibbs up there. You know, I mean, just because New York is such a surprise. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, and I guess Phoenix we thought would make the playoffs, but you know, as of today, they're the two. Like that's incredible. My sons, a team <laughs> that was, I mean, yeah. Well, speaking of your son, Sandal, can they? Your friend, who's your friend? Oh, uh, Andy. Andy, Andy was down, Andy down asked, in Phoenix. Can, can the Suns win the West? Uh, uh, we kind of so we kind of touched on this last on our last pod uh, last week. Can they win it? I, I don't. I don't think so. I think Man, I think I think their ceiling is Western Conference Finals. I think there's I three think... teams out west that have a legit chance to make the finals. Um, I think we you know we touched on that last week. So I, I and and their Phoenix is right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're they're, they're, the sec- they're the second seed in the West right now. They're right. ahead of the Clippers it, and ahead of the Lakers. All, everything is okay, all. Okay, so, 
subject to change. So here's a question. Let's just say right now they're the two seed. Playoffs start tomorrow, and let's just say they played the Mavericks. Who are you taking in that series? Mavericks. I think I'm, I think I'm taking the Suns. <laughs> I might take the Mavericks too, man. Uh, uh, I'm if taking the, the Mavericks Suns. are healthy, yeah, I would take Dallas. And I mean, but I'm just saying, I think it's I think it's up for debate, right? It's not an automatic. So if, you, if, you, if you're taking Dallas, that means you think Dallas is a top, like a top four team, basically, in the West. Or maybe maybe yeah. it's I think maybe I think Phoenix isn't a top four team. Or I just think maybe it depends on matchups. But I do think Dallas yeah. is. Uh, I do think Dallas is up there, and I think I Dallas mean, is better than a seven seed. That's going to be that would be a tough, tough matchup well, I, for whoever. Well, as we, as we've seen, they went. They've gone from dead last to eight in like a month. Right. You know, they were behind yeah, the yeah. Wolves. Man, that's what my buddy, who's a big Mavericks fan, was saying. If they weren't, they were. They were second to last. Jeez. Either way, yeah. they remember we were all like, "Damn!" But my buddy kept telling me, "Bro, everyone's out. COVID injuries." You know, we don't have Dwight Powell. We don't have Max Kleber. Mm. And we, you know, yeah, those names aren't the sexiest, but they help that team. I mean, but that's every team. Like Boston didn't have Tatum for three weeks. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, but they were missing like four starters for like 10 games in a row. Yeah. every, every I mean, they, they might have been hit one of the harder teams, but a lot of like right. Atlanta, Boston, all the, right. you know, a lot of these teams have gone through it. Toronto. Toronto was playing with without their coach and like four starters yesterday, right? Or two days. But that's ago. the thing about the Mavericks was literally like a whole month of, it, of yeah. the problems. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's like we've all had there was like a couple games. Tatum was out a while, but um, I'm just saying, yeah, the Mavericks. I mean, like I think I said in the chat the other day, out of all the teams in the NBA, the hottest teams are Mavericks and Suns, right? And I forgot who the other team was. Miami. Miami. Eight I mean, it's two. still really early. Obviously, yeah. still at the All Star well, season's about halfway done. And yeah, you have a long uh, ways to go. Got a hat. It's and a lot of the races. I mean, you've seen what is it four through twelve in the East is within what? You showed us the. You showed like us yesterday two right? games or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like yes, yeah, if somebody's four now, they have a bad week and there's they're nine. Right. So it's that it's that it's that that crazy, right? Um, and then five through I think ten in the West is set not yeah. separated by much either. I think one through four. Pending the order, I think those teams are solidified with the LA teams, Port or not Portland, excuse me, of uh, Phoenix and Utah. Right. So I think those because I mean I think LA the Clippers are fourth. I mean they're three games up right now for the Lakers though. Like how long is how long is AD going to be out? Right. Because that's going to they've, they've obviously still, shown that with yeah. No, that's true. But now they got Schroeder back, who helps out a lot. He takes pressure off LeBron, um, so that that's been that's been helpful for him. They just lost a yeah. tough, tough one against Phoenix the other. I was day. gonna say with the Suns, um, I think you know, like every team, you got to take your lumps. You know what I'm saying? You got you got to have your losses. Like the Warriors lost in a series or two before they actually went to the finals. You don't just go from not making the playoffs to, you know. The right. finals like that, yeah. They, they maybe in like two years or three years they could, but uh, but then Chris Paul won't be as good in two or three years, right? He might not even be on right. the team. He, he might, yeah, he might be out of the league. Well, he's still good enough to be playing two or three years. But like I was, I think their absolute ceiling is getting to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's the max that we can get out of them. But I, I think in reality, they probably win a series. You know, maybe lose in the second round. Uh, right, right, in a close like that. one that they got to yeah. learn. Yeah. Um, so yeah, answer is no. No, but I don't not, think they can win the West. Not to hate, 
because we all love book and I, right. know, I like chris paul you know and i'm a fan got, of that whole team except i mean chris paul i've been yeah. up and down about my whole you know as throughout he goes but i like Aiden. i like bridges i've never liked him he's i've always respected him he's always been great i just don't like him that, right that's not because I don't like somebody doesn't mean I don't respect their game. You know how there's some Especially people Especially now at 35. Right. Yeah, what right. he's doing is he, it's, it's, it's impressive, to say the least. Um, you know, when we're talking about – we didn't mention Philadelphia, but, you know, my guy Tone, Tone Foster, you know, I coached him, coached with him. Uh, it's my brother. So he asked, man, it has, is Joel Embiid finally living up to his potential? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think he's the MVP. Yeah, yeah. I think I, mean, I, think, I think yesterday's performance against Rudy Gobert, forty points, nineteen rebounds. I think. Hey, but that three though, that's the, the three that he hit to go into or to tie the game. You weren't yeah. watching it. I was watching it. You were watching. Oh, but, it. I, but I saw it. <laughs> Just, I actually, I actually had it on, but I wasn't paying attention. Oh yeah, because I was like giving you guys the play by play. But the no, thing about that is crazy. that that is the that is his ceiling of being a big man in the post, but he also has that ability to hit a crazy deep, to hit a step back three in someone's face for game. Yeah. Like right. that is, that is who we hoped he could be was that guy right there. Right. I mean, you see, like you see, he's put, he's put the effort in, in the off season and he's actually staying healthy. Uh, those, I think those two, those two combined. And now you're seeing like what Joel yeah. Embiid is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Health is probably the biggest factor. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, LeBron has like, one of the best quotes I've ever heard, and I, I, I take it a lot in life experiences, is like, man, experience is the best teacher in life. And I think Joel Embiid last year was not in shape. He was hurt, and he was left off All-NBA. He didn't make any of the All-NBA teams, and he didn't make any of the All-Defensive teams. Those type of things, when things happen to you, it motivates you. Right. I mean, you see somebody like, you know, I, you guys know uh, PG. He went through a tough time last year in the bubble, was hurt prior. Now he's having a, a really good year in all, mm-hmm. all NBA type. You know, he's an all star. Same thing with Embiid. He had to go through and he didn't even play in the playoffs. No, that was Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons didn't play in the playoffs, but Embiid struggled. And he struggled mightily and he didn't get those accolades, those individual accolades because of you know, some of the things that uh, he went through and that he didn't do. And so I think he used that as motivation in the offseason. I, I think it's been paying off. And I think Doc Rivers is putting him in, in a better position. To I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, Doc Rivers has unlocked or unleashed his also full capability, right? But but also Daryl Morey has put the, the right personnel. That's big. Al Horford yeah. – Al Horford, I'm sorry, Daryl Morey and Elton Brand, because they're like they're combined with that. But mm. Al Horford and, and B just wasn't a fit, and B needs somebody. You can't have Al Horford and Ben Simmons together, because those are two non-shooters. I mean, Al Horford can, but he's a big man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, so they put you know Seth Curry, they put Danny Green, they you know they put um Tobias is Tobias is really now the second option and the the guy they go to in the clutch a lot so I think they put a better team around 
and be similar to when it was like J.J. Redick and uh, Covington and uh, Sarge when they're uh, a couple years ago. So I think those – And a guy, that's, a guy that's helped him off the bench too has been Shake Milton. A guy they didn't really Milton. have, you know, a guy like that coming off the bench to score. So, yeah, I think I think it's – yeah, he's he's – I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet, but I think he's slowly proving like when he's at his peak, he could be the best player in basketball. Right. You know, yeah. it's so crazy because, you know, the margin of error is so small. So to think back to two years ago, if Kawhi misses that three, mm-hmm. right, and the and then the Sixers go on to the next round and maybe they play the Bucks and go to the finals. Right. Then, it, then it's like the narrative on the Sixers would have been way different. Right. You know, just because of that. Well, that was actually – was that shot game six? Or was that game seven? Kawhi? Game seven. Yeah. The Kawhi was game it, seven. It was game seven. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and last one, the last question we got is is just, who is your most improved player this year? There's a couple. We've talked about this in the chat a little bit. Obviously, Jeremy yeah. Grant, Jeremy Grant is big. Yeah, Jeremy Grant's two, one. Two guys that stand out to me are obviously Jeremy Grant having a career year, 23 points a game, number one option, and he will not be getting traded to Boston, unlike what Bruce thinks is going to happen. Um, so Jeremy Grant's one. I think Baby Boy's the other. Those Baby would be Boy. my. Those would be my top two. Baby Boy's fifteen, seven, and six. You know, playing. I guess statistically, he six. wouldn't really jump off the page because he's probably averaged like what twelve before, right? But I, I just, yeah. I'm looking at like just his, yeah. his overall growth, and you know, he's getting twenty point games, and then like he's making There's- plays to win games on the defensive end. And so I think exactly, man, shout out to baby boys. Like he's making plays on both ends and really solidifying himself as one of the best young point guards in, in basketball in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, think- a, guy, a guy that see, before he got hurt, my number one would have been Christian Wood. See, that's, I had him. that's a, that's a good one. I would have I would agree with you. It's probably him and Grant. They're right there. Yeah, him and Grant. And I also want to throw uh, Randall in there, Tr- Julius Randall. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, because so there's you know, a couple usually, of contenders. Usually that's, that award just goes to whoever whoever's numbers just jumped off the page, right? Right. Baby Boy's impact has been major. You're right. Right. But and there's some, under the, there, there's yeah. some under the radar guys like Chris Boucher, mm-hmm. you know, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's a guy. He's probably not going to win it, but he should probably get some votes. Yeah. Guys like that. So, I mean, I think the top two, my top two personally, would probably be Jeremy Grant and uh, and Christian Wood. Right. Even somebody like, like um, you know, he's probably going to be my sixth man, but even somebody like Jordan Clarkson. That was, that was the one I was yeah. saying, Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is, you know, last year he was about 14 a game. Now he's at nine or just about 19. And but it's the way he's scoring the 19, it's, too. It's the way he's scoring. He's not settling for long twos. He's shooting the three ball better. And he's his role's more solidified, and he, you know, he's really dominating his role, and he's the best bench scorer in basketball. Um, that's somebody I w- I would mention too. But Jeremy Grant is just pretty much doubled his his scoring average, his usage, and his game is just like you know when he was playing in OKC and in Denver last year, you didn't think like, damn. Like when we when we 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 all crushed the him signing with Detroit, but but now he's proven like he bet on himself and he's 
it's paying off more. He's actually he's actually a bargain for what they you know yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what they're getting I'm, out of him. Like I'm that just contract. like, dude, if this Jeremy Grant was playing with Russ and PG, if he would have been this good then, they probably would have had a chance at a, chance at a title. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Denver last year. But, but it's think, also it's also letting him letting him do it too from the coach's perspective. Yeah, and you all know that. that man. See that that that's the thing. The ball's in his hands more. Which uh, yeah. on the other teams with Russ, PG, Jokic, and Murray, the ball's not in his hands as much. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing off the ball. He's a he's a he's you know spotting up for the corner three. But yeah, shout shout out to Grant because like they said, he could have stayed. They said that Denver and Detroit was the same money, but he wanted to go to in a city that was predominantly African American, and he wanted to play for an African American coach. And which was a, GM. and a GM, which was a big reason why he chose the Pistons, right? Yeah. So you know, you got you got you got to give him props for that, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he could have stayed in Denver and maybe tried to help them get a title, but right. he's like, no, I'm gonna go. You know, and the current era of what's been happening on social activism, you got to commend that. No, for sure, for sure, mm-hmm. man. So those are all of our our user questions or our user questions or our fan questions i got a fan question that i brought up in the chat all right what's up who's your favorite sonics role player favorite sonics role player i uh this is a fun one. Oh man you so can you, can only, a, you can only pick one uh, you can name a few i mean we're this is i mean seattle, we can go on forever so i'll say uh bruce at hersey hawkins i like so Hersey will be one. Nate McMillan, obviously. Brent Berry, I love Brent Berry. Hello, Brent Berry. Brent Bones. Brent Berry next to Ray Allen. That was fun. When Brent Berry was playing point guard, I loved it. Uh, Dimes. I loved Marshall Lonis. Oh, Saronis is one Marsh, of my favorites. Marshall Lonis. Even though he wasn't very, he wasn't there for very long. I still, I was a huge fan. And uh, yeah, Marshall Lonis. Kendall Gill was good too. So Kendall Gill is one of my favorites too. Those will be yeah. mine. I was thinking, I was thinking yeah. Detlef, but he was an All Star with us, so I was like, uh, he's. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Detlef a role player. He's right. He's a little bit above that. Right. That's whatever what I, the next step I, was, is I kept thinking that. about it, but I was like, man, he was with an. He was an All Star with us, so I don't think so. Was Kendall Gill ever an All Star with anyone else? He made the All Star team with us? No, no, not with us. No. With, with anyone uh, else? I mean, it, it, it would have been with Charlotte, right? Before. He was pretty good. He was pretty good for a while. I don't think he was. Kendall Gill was one of my favorites. Well, you know, they said he wasn't like a good. They said he didn't get along with the players and the coach, right? Right. He was. I like mean, they a, traded him for Hersey Hawkins, which we as we get into, we've heard really? they could have traded him for Clyde Drexler straight up, but we didn't. That's always going to need burn to get me. into that. Yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's going to burn me about the Sonics. Um, there's a lot of like, one guy, even... I was going to say one guy I liked, but he wasn't like, I liked him as a fan, but like watching him, he would always frustrate me at times was Vincent Askew. Mm, Askew. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why he like, he, for some reason, he always had some like boneheaded plays from time to time, but he was still like one of those effective guys off the bench. Yeah. I mean, didn't we have him guard Jordan a little bit too? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yep. Oh, I loved him. Older older uh like right when we started to develop the mind of watching basketball ricky pierce yeah and big yeah. big paper daddy which yeah. most people don't know that nickname right uh a lot of yeah, eddie johnson's a good one eddie johnson was a good one on that team eddie dana barrows yeah eddie barrows. Jo- i listened to the uh, eddie johnson pod that you talked about eddie- and- 
did, it was really did, good. He, he talked about Sedale three and how he's one of the best teammates three. he's ever. He said that Sonics team that lost to the uh, Suns with Barkley. Yeah. He said that was the best team I've ever played on. The talent from top to bottom was un- it was just unbelievable. He what said they got with, robbed. Derek yeah. McKee. That's another one. He said yeah. So he talked about having you know Eddie Johnson and Ricky Pierce. He talked about you know having Sam Perkins and and uh, Michael Cage. All these really good veterans. You know. Yeah on that mm-hmm. team. And yeah, they had Charles, but we were better than Phoenix and we knew it. And they should have yeah. won that series. I mean, hello. <laughs> How many free throws did Barkley shoot in that game? That game yeah. seven. Um, you know, I've always talked to, about Flip Murray. I've all, we've all, Flip I think we all like Flip one. Murray to the point where he wasn't, he became not a role player. He became our, our best player when Ray Ray went down. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. A name that I, don't, I, don't, I said, I think we've all liked um, Adam, maybe didn't like him. But Shaman Williams, I like Shaman. I was going to say Shaman just Williams. because he's I a like Tar Heel. Sh- because he's a Tar Heel. Oh, I like Shaman Williams because he was a Tar Heel. Yeah, I oh, liked I like, him at North Carolina. I like that, and I I like was, that brand. I like the brand that he had. He's yeah. and he had an and one sneaker. I'm saying, oh, I said, uh, I said Nick Collison. Yeah, fuck Collison. Collison. No, Collison's great. Mm-hmm. That's the a good pillars. Place. Him and Ridnour, the two I mean, pillars of. He was probably the best screener of the 2000s era. <laughs> in the NBA, I mean, on a on a on a title contending team, you go you want a guy like Nick Collison coming off your bench, yep. but you don't want him as a cornerstone of which your franchise. What, so then, which is what we, he was. We could talk about Reggie Evans and uh, Danny Fortson. Reggie Evans, yep. oh man, Reggie Evans was good. He was good. man. I, we we got this guy later in his career, but Terry Cummings. Mm. Was mm-hmm. I, I always like Terry Cummings? I was like Sonics 2001, too. I want to say, or 2000, something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he was an all star earlier in his career, but also later in his career was I loved him, you know, since his days at UCLA was Earl Watson. Mm-hmm. So, right. But Earl, yeah, Earl was filthy, right? And then I always wanted Earl and Delonte to play oh, over right now. Delonte West, too. He was only with us for, was it was only half a year, I think. I feel. I feel like back in the day, for some reason, Sano liked Eric Snow. Uh, Did you? I liked no. You know why I liked Eric Snow was because he was in the backcourt with Sean Respert at Michigan State. Oh, okay. Respert, I think I remember. Sean back Respert in the day. was one of my favorite players. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, we got this. We got his backcourt mate. We got Eric Snow, and I was pumped about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. Those are, those are some, I mean, obviously, you could go on forever with some of these Sonics, but you break it down by like, yeah, like by era or by by coach that we had at the time, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. even, even though he was frustrating and he's not the best, I liked Radmanovich, right. I liked him in game. I liked him shooting threes. I didn't mind him. I wanted him to shoot. He was, he hit his basketball IQ was, Oh, he was, he was, he was a doorknob, but he, I liked it when he, he shot, you know, uh, for yeah. some reason he was six ten and he pulled that three, like with no conscience. Damn. Oh man. Oh, gosh. I could not stand that fucking. See, for me, you know who mine is, I always say is Damian Wilkins. I couldn't stand him. Because he should have been a role player, but he was trying to be like, you know, Jordan Clarkson or something. Like even Clarkson's a role player, but he was trying to score every time, like pass the ball, bro. Man. I mean, was that coaching or was that him? I think it was lack of uh personnel. What about uh what about Desmond Mason? Oh, that's he's up there big time for sure. That's a good one. I forgot about him. I got the Mason jersey. I'll put it up next next pod. Travis bought the Luke Rindauer. We had it at the store. It was oh, like yeah. 10 bucks. He bought it. Yeah. 
Sano and Nick's favorite player, they used to always say his name was uh, Ansu Cisse. Ansu Cisse. CBA legend. Oh, man, I loved Ansu Cisse. But he never even really had a role in the team, you know? No. So he wouldn't really count. But, yeah, man, we named we named a lot of them. We named a lot. Yeah. We could go on forever with Sonic role players. There's some good ones, too. Gerald Patio. Yeah, I don't. Did he play a lot? I don't remember him playing. He was a lot. In like ninety. He was like ninety two, ninety three. I saw. I remember. Him. And then he was in the Bulls versus Blazers. Mm-hmm. So I was using the Sonics, and I always put him in. I do remember we had. Um, you remember Rich King? Yeah. We had Rich. We had him on our bench, and they went to Milwaukee and became good. We had Rich King and Chris King and Bart Colford. Bart. Bart Colford. Colford. Colford or something. Yeah. I think it was Colford. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Jim Farmer. Jim was, Farmer. I guess I guess when Dale going Ellis, way back. Dale Ellis would have never been a role player. He was a stud. No, yeah, like, I don't oh, consider him a role player. He did play for us twice, though. He left and came back. Yeah. 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 yeah we, you, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, when you think about our team that made it to the finals, you pretty much have to go with probably with Hersey and, and Big Smooth. Yeah. I mean Mac 10 on too, that team. Right? But yeah, Hersey was Hersey was just fun. Yeah, on that team, that's probably Perkins. Obviously, everybody loved Perkins. Yep. Mr. Sonic McMillan. Man, before we got De- before we got Delif, man, I love Derek McKee too. Uh huh. Yeah. Those versatile forward who can guard. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's. If anyone else has a question, but that's my question. We can go on forever, but yeah. You got we'll anything, wrap- you, know? you got any questions off the top of the dome? Man. Uh... Who's your favorite? Let's, let's, let's stick to the role players. Who's your favorite current role player? Clarkson for Adam. That's what I was gonna say. Clarkson? <laughs> Clarkson he got to be, man. Got Filipino. Got be. My, my Filipino brother, man. Him or Blake Griffin. Damn, man, Blake Griffin's a role Griffin player. Is a role player. Damn, man. He's, he's, he's not getting role money. Man, he's not even me. on a team right now. It hurts, oh, he is, but... it hurts your boy to say that, man. But nah, man. I, I would say I would say Clarkson. Clarkson for sure. Sano will probably say LeBron. Nah. There's better there's better role players than LeBron. Okay. I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan right now of uh Mikhail Bridges. Oh, Bridges is big. For, That's for Phoenix. Yeah. I'm a big yeah, fan. Of I, was trying to, I was trying to get him from you on fantasy. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and and my other guy, the other guy you were trying to get, the former U dub, Justin Holiday. And he's he's carving his name as a real solid role player. Right. I right. actually, I would put him up there as one of my favorites. Does, does he start? He starts now. He starts, yeah. yeah. Wow. He probably won't when uh, Levert and Warren come back, but. Oh, yeah. Levert. Monster. What about you, Chuck? Man. I mean, Clarkson, to me, is probably the best role player right now. Well, that's not the question, dog. It's my favorite? Favorite? Man, that's tough. I mean, is five a role player? Michael Porter. That's a good one. I mean, I guess five. I think five is kind of better than a role player. Yeah, that's they, they they need yeah. him because they, they need him to play like three roles. You need to distribute, run the offense, score sometimes, and play D. Which is, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do as a basketball player. And rebound but, actually. <laughs> yeah, he does um, a little bit of everything. Porter, obviously, with the Nathan Hale connection, because he's a role player, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, he is. Yeah, my favorite role player ever, though, is Jamal Crawford for sure. Even though, you know, at times he probably should have been a star. But Jamal's a, the ultimate role player, probably. 
but yeah, I probably go I'm thinking I'd probably go Porter. Um, yeah. You know, else I might, I'm going to do this one for Sano. Uh, Carmelo. Uh, Carmelo. I like Carmelo as a role I know, player. I know. I, know. I, was saying, right. I, I was saying that. Right. I guess it's I crazy. If we could have, if we could have Olympic Mello throughout his career, he probably would have won a title somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mello, just the, his whole story. I mean, think about this guy, like, you know, yeah, he has game still of six. The other night he had what? 29. And this guy didn't even play in the NBA for two years. Right? That is pretty crazy. Maybe it was a year and a half, but yeah, you know, and maybe that's why he's still able to do it because he had to, you know, humble himself and recalibrate what how his game will fit in today's game. So right, because um, maybe yeah, I was just never I was just never a fan of Melo as your number one option. Yeah, I just didn't think that was going anywhere really. I mean, he's still a what twenty five thousand point scorer or something, but wow. yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he took that Denver team to the conference finals. You know, I think conference finals. Yeah, I think they went to the conference finals. Yeah, right. So, I mean, yeah, I just always liked, especially after seeing him in those Olympics where I was like, man, this guy is perfect for that second, third role. Yeah. Like perfect. You can't get a better role player than that. Is there hey, is Goran Dragic a role player? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's pretty fucking good. You know, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I, I like him. <laughs> but no, because I, I mean, shit, funny. I like him year, a lot. Last year, he was damn near averaging 20. I guess so was Clark. He was a right? leading scorer last year. Over Jimmy? Oh, maybe, oh, no, maybe in the bubble he was early. Maybe score. in the bubble. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, probably Porter, Mello, Drogic. Um, all right, last one. And this is Terrence like, Ross. Terrence Ross, another super sub, instant offense off the bench. Um, Last one, last question I have real quick before we, we get out of here is, man, you know, we all got jerseys hanging in the background. Um, What's a – What's a jersey? What's your favorite jersey that we wouldn't think is your favorite? It's not the obvious, you know. Like obviously, Charlie. Like we think, like your arenas jersey is your favorite. Like what's one that you got, or jersey that you have, that's a favorite? I mean, oh man, I got two that that come to my mind. You still own them? Yeah, I still own them. Oh wow. I mean, obviously, I have Gil. I have a LeBron that I sewed. I have a Michael Jordan that I sewed in half. That I had this lady at a at an alterations dry cleaner sewed a home and away Wizards Jordan jersey. So, did you cut that jersey yourself? She did. No, she did. I brought them both oh, in. and did it. So I got two of them, mm-hmm. and then I sold one on eBay for hella that paid for both jerseys and the cost of making them. But that one's a rare one. I have one a LeBron one where I have a Cavs home and away, and I, they did it down the side, so it's front and back where the Wizards mm-hmm. is left and right either that or my other favorite jersey is not even a basketball jersey it's a kansas city royals bo jackson jersey mm. Mm. or That's i a have good one i have an old school from 2000 when he played uh he never played for him but i have a jordan white Sox baseball jersey 45 uh that's a good one too but yeah those are mine uh mine are more conventional oh, i had a i got one more later i had a i had a jamal mashburn dallas jersey oh 24 which was yeah, that's my that's one of my favorite jerseys ever. Is and it then, faded? Is it faded? You still are you trying to sell it? <laughs> how much you how much you willing to offer for it? I mean, I don't know. We'll see what I'll the, what the market up. is. We'll see what the market is. All right, I'll throw you a price. Uh, like the it. other one is uh, is the Sean Kemp Team USA jersey from Ooh. from uh, the '94 basketball championships. Yeah, because like we got to go. I my mom know. took us up there. I had that Toronto. jersey too. Champion, right? Is it yep. champion? Yeah. What, I, what, 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 Shaq. What, 
What number was he? Nine? Seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, it's one with yeah. the team with Shaq and Reggie Miller. Yeah. And uh man, there's was Gary was Gary on it or no? I don't think Gary was on that team. I think they had like Dan Marley. Dan Marley might have been on that team. Okay. Dan Marley, Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Johnson, Mark Price. Um, I, I think Zoe was on there. No, Zoe wasn't. Derek Coleman. Derek Coleman, yep. Steve Steve Smith. What's think, what size is the camp? 44? Uh 48. Oh, nice. 48. That's when we used to wear them baggy. We used to wear them baggy back then, remember? That'll fit, that'll fit perfect on me. <laughs> I'll throw in a package deal for you. I do want to shout out. Actually, my, I have I have a Shaq one too from the same oh, the same team USA. I have Grant I have a Grant Hill and a um, Penny Hardaway USA. But I uh, I want to shout out my I have a Rafer Alston authentic Raptors jersey. Oh, that's a good one. And and the one that I wore to summer league when Jeremy Lin torched John Wall the Wang ZZ Mavericks jersey. Oh man, that's a classic. <laughs> that's a classic. <laughs> Yeah. Man, uh, man, mine's the obvious that the, the Mike Bibby, Arizona. That's oh. probably one of my all time favorites. Uh, Wait, do you own a Duke jersey? That's crazy. I don't. I have a Grant Hill Duke jersey. I don't have a. And I was, Adam will buy that I, off you. I was like, what Duke player would I try? What I would have gotten? Dunleavy. Dun, I, <laughs> I love like Jabari Parker. And I probably could still find his Duke jersey on like eBay or something. Um, Maybe at a garage sale. <laughs> uh, the Mike Bibby Arizona, Mike Bibby Vancouver. But Mike Bibby Big Three joint. I got that. Remember, oh, I wore that man. to summer league. I wore that to summer league. I want the I want the Mahmoud Abdul Raouf summer. Uh, 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 got the oh, I would get that one. Yeah, Jaw bought that one. He did buy it. Yeah. I would actually love to wear – I would love to have a Mahmoud Abdul-Roof Nuggets jersey, but it's too many bad memories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be a dope jersey, except that they beat us, right? Like, that'd be man. cool, but that's just bad news. Man, I had a uh, – I mean, I love this dude, and, and Sweeney would be proud of me, man. I had a Kirk Heinrich Bulls jersey. Um, okay. Kirk Heinrich Bulls. And, man, then my obvious ones, but I got PG jerseys, Blake, you know. But yeah, the where, did, where did you buy that Kirk Heinrich jersey? Charlene bought it for me. I think it was like Fanatics. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that was when he was a pillar on the Bulls. I was gonna say, yeah. Do you uh, remember going? Do you remember when you're younger going to J.C. Penney, and then you, on the wall would be all the Sonic jerseys you could buy. They would yep. have Kendall Gill, Nate McMillan, yeah. and that's why I got Nate McMillan. I still have it from this day because Penny's downstairs. Yeah. Because yep, everybody, downstairs. everybody would have everyone in, in the in middle section, the boys section. Yeah, everyone in middle school had Peyton and Kemp, Peyton twenty and forty, twenty and forty. And I was like, well, I want to get, I don't want that. I was like, that's why I wanted Nate. You know what I'm saying? So I've always had that Nate. That's a forty-four. I mean, I was like seventh grade probably or something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Just, real quick, if you could pick one, just one jersey that's your favorite that you would take, what would it that be? I, that I could just just have? one. Just one that you could just have. You can't say we can't say multiple. You got to just say one. Yeah, I have so many from my favorite players too. I got all the D wheels, legs. Man, the the pinstripe Penny Hardaway Magic jersey. Ooh, that's a good one. Probably Mike Mike Bibby Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, that's fresh. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, my it's so fucking big because it's like remember the jerseys were you know plus two. 
So the, the shit looks like a dress on me. Oh. And a plus, like, I was when I was bigger. Now I'm skinnier. So it's like, oh, it looks hella, like, big on me. But I You want that, that Yao Ming, that Yao Ming Shanghai Sharks? That's a classic. <laughs> I used to look for that on eBay. Um, so, yeah, that, what about you, Sano? Man, for one that I didn't own, I'd probably go to Larry Johnson, Charlotte Hornets. Oh. Grandmama. Filthy. That's filthy. Was he number four? Two. Number two. two. Yep. I knew it was a single digit. Yeah, that's right, too. Damn, yeah. And they had pinstripe jerseys, too, right? Sometimes. Yeah, they had the little stripes. They're kind of subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, yep. Even even the Bulls, remember the Bulls? There was that Mike. I remember that Jordan black and red pinstripe. Yeah. Bulls. Mm-hmm. That was that was it's crazy as we we could get away with wearing that jersey and they were like our enemy, but just Jordan was that guy. Bro, my yeah, sister, my sister had a Muggsy Bogues Hornets jersey. Oh, that's sick. That's a good one. She I could I remember it so vividly. She had one. And I had the same one too, Sano, the 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 Camp USA champion. Number seven. I used to wear that all the time. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Probably probably stole it. Damn. What if you had the Master P Hornets preseason jersey? Oh man. You could probably find that on eBay. Oh, that'd be something. On no limit.com. Yeah, man. Thank you for the questions. We'll do this again maybe in a month or so, or you know, we'll we'll try to do it more regularly. So keep the questions coming. We appreciate your support. As always, follow us on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel, man. Sano, Charlie, Adam, BTST. Appreciate you guys. Take care. God bless.